the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everything about Christianity revolves around Christ, Christ Jesus. And so the first two chapters in the Gospel of Matthew describe the Christmas story, and so the timing seems appropriate. Welcome once again to a broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse. That's exactly what Pastor Layton does each day at this same time here on this station. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and there on the web at highlands.us. If you've been with us over the last number of months, you know that off and on he has been sharing his thoughts with us from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' message to the crowds from the Mount of Olives. And today he bounces off of that study and takes us deep into the Advent season. But the Sermon on the Mount is in a greater context, and that is the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. And so it seems appropriate for us to study the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, it's been some time since we studied one of the Gospels. There are four Gospels. Uh, They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four are found at the beginning of your New Testament. And uh, all of them are biographical sketches of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And so if you want to know more about Jesus, if you want to know Jesus more, you need to read through those Gospels. Each of the Gospel has its own emphasis. Matthew is called the uh, Gospel of the King. It was written primarily for uh, a Jewish audience. Mark's uh, book is called the Gospel of the Servant and was written for uh, primarily a Roman uh, audience. Luke Uh, wrote for the Greeks and presented Christ as the perfect son of man. And John had a universal appeal uh, message, and that was this is the son of God. So he's the son of man, he is the son of God, he is a servant, and he is a king. There's not not enough books. John said that there wouldn't be enough books written to describe what Jesus did in his life and ministry. But when we put these four Gospels together, we have a picture, a composite picture, of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Two of the four Gospels were written by apostles. The apostles are the 12 men originally called disciples that Jesus chose to be with him during his earthly ministry. One of, one of those was Matthew and the other was John. And then Mark was written by John Mark, who is mentioned in the book of Acts, and he was an associate of uh, the apostle Peter. And Luke was a traveling companion for the apostle Paul, And he wrote for us not only the gospel that bears his name, but also the book of Acts, which is the history of the early church. So all four of these gospels were either written by an apostle or by their associate. Everything about Christianity revolves around Christ, Christ Jesus. And so if we we, we want to know him more, we want to know more about him, and that's why we've chosen to study the, the gospel of Matthew. The first two chapters in the Gospel of Matthew describe the Christmas story, and so the timing seems appropriate as we're soon to be at Christmas time. The Advent series is going to focus on Luke's Gospel, some excerpts from Luke's Gospel. So uh, scholars believe that the book was written probably between 55 and 60 A.D., um, and uh, nowhere in the New Testament do we find recorded anything that Matthew himself spoke, but in his Gospel he tells us what Jesus did and spoke. Jesus Christ, the son of David, 
the son of Abraham. Note that first verse because it's significant. Um, if a reader was given a Bible and they read through the Old Testament and they, they finished the Old Testament and they jumped to Mark or Acts or Romans, they would probably be confused in trying to make a connection between the two uh, Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew's gospel is the bridge that connects the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's the best equipped gospel because the content of Matthew's gospel provides us the historical links between what happened in the Old Testament and what happened in the New Testament. Now, the theme of the Old Testament is, one of the themes is found in Genesis chapter 5, and it reads, this is the book of the generations of Adam. The Old Testament gives us the history of the Adam family, not the Adams family, (laughs) although there may be certain resemblances, but rather the family of Adam. And it really is a sad story indeed because God created mankind in his image, but mankind sinned and deformed that image and bore children that were after their own likeness. And wherever you read in the Old Testament, you're uh, confronted by sin and sinners. But the New Testament is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. And uh, and Jesus is the last Adam. He came to save the generations of Adam. Now, we didn't make a choice to be born into the generations of Adam. But by a choice of faith, we can be born again into the generation of Jesus Christ and become children of God. Now, the Old Testament is a record book of promise, and the New Testament is a record book of fulfillment. Beginning in Genesis 3.15, God promised that he would send a Savior. And Christ fulfilled that promise. In fact, the word fulfilled is one of the key words when you're studying through the Gospel of Matthew because he uses it about 15 times. And one of the purposes that he has in giving us this Gospel is to show us beyond doubt that Jesus Christ fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies, the promises of God concerning the Savior. The Gospel is literally saturated with citations from the Old Testament. 53 are quotations and 76 are allusions. And they're always given to prove the point that Jesus is the one who fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. And the Gospel of Matthew provides us many examples of the power and accuracy of those Old Testament prophets from God who foretold the coming of his Savior. From his birth at the little town of Bethlehem, fulfilling Isaiah 7 and Micah 5, being taken to Egypt for safety, fulfilling Hosea 11, and returning to settle in Nazareth, fulfilling many uh, Old Testament prophecies, Uh, also fulfilling prophecies about his crucifixion, as recorded in Psalm 22, with criminals, Isaiah 53, and his resurrection from the dead in Psalm 16. So Matthew is primarily written for the Jewish readers to show them that Jesus Christ was indeed their promised Messiah. When we say Jewish people, we say Gentiles. Basically, Jewish people are those who descend from Abraham through a specific line. The line being Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the 12 uh, patriarchs or the 12 uh, tribes. And uh, if you're not Jewish, then you're Gentile. So it's all-inclusive. You're either Jewish or you're Gentile. And uh, so Jesus fulfilled every description 
uh, of the Savior given to us in the Old Testament. And because of that, we can see that the Bible is true and that it's reliable. We can also see that Jesus was sent by God, and so we can put our entire faith and trust in him, uh, and it's worth everything we have to receive and accept him as our Savior and Lord, because Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is God's Savior. He knows us completely. He knows everything about us. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he still loves us anyway and loves us perfectly. And uh, he came and became one of us so that he could bring us to God. And that's the good news of of, of Jesus Christ. Good news, gospel, means good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the other things we're going to find as we study through the book of Matthew is that uh, Jesus Christ came to establish his kingdom. Uh, The term kingdom of heaven occurs 33 times. Kingdom of God occurs four additional times. And uh, kingdom of heaven is a distinctly Jewish description. Uh, He's uh, also referred to as the son of man. And for the Jewish audience, they would connect that with the prophecies of Daniel in chapter 7. And they would have understood that, uh, that this was referring to God's promised Savior. And so Matthew here is going to show us that Jesus is God's promised Savior through his words and his works and his lineage. Now again, since this uh, was written primarily for a Jewish audience, Jesus' ancestry is traced from a Jewish perspective from Abraham through David. Abraham, of course, was the father of the Jewish nation, and uh, David was the greatest king, and God promised that he was going to send his Savior through the line of King David. One of the Old Testament passages that's often quoted in the Christmas season is Isaiah 9, and it reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. There it is. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, kings and kingdoms come and go. A kingdom disappears when the king dies. But not this king and not this kingdom. This kingdom is forever. Of the increase of his government peace, there will be no end. This is no mere mortal king. Jesus is revealed as the king of kings. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary in chapter 1, received gifts and worship from the kings of the east in chapter 2, was endorsed and affirmed by God the Father in chapter 3. He defeated Satan at the temptations recorded in chapter 4. He taught with authority. He demonstrated his power over sickness, death, nature, and demons, and he rose from the dead just as he said he would. These dramatic and profound incidents show Jesus' true identity. Jesus was God who came to earth in the flesh to begin the kingdom. And this kingdom is not presently earthly in in terms of how we think about kingdoms. It's not defined by geographical, military, political, or financial boundaries or influence. God's present kingdom is a kingdom of the heart. And his kingdom is wherever 
subjects submit to him and acknowledge him as their Savior and Lord. But when Jesus Christ returns, as he says that he will, and he always keeps his promises, he is going to return to establish uh, an earthly kingdom, and he's going to crush the forces of evil and gather his loyal subjects to himself. Jesus cannot be equated with any other person. He is above all as the supreme ruler of both time and eternity, of both heaven and earth, of both humans and angels. He's alive today, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he will return as judge and king over all the earth. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno will be back tomorrow at this same time with more in this study. He calls it an introduction to Advent, a perfect uh, series of programs for this first week in December. I'm Mike Trout, and if you'd like to know more about Church of the Highlands, especially the events happening during this month, then please go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And click on the contact link when you go there and just let us know that you listen. That would be a great encouragement to us, especially at this time of year. That's highlands.us and then click on the contact link on the homepage. Have a great rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll once more open the Word of God to the book of Matthew and study with Pastor Leighton Sheely verse by verse.